Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence of Root Space Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And this time, I'm going to be more normal in this podcast. This podcast is going to be actually very normal. Normal as compared to most podcasts. You know the other podcasts that are completely different than mine. Well, today my podcast is going to be quite similar to theirs because I'm going to look at the Cubs lineup for today. Now, I didn't write it down. I don't have it pot committed to memory, but I know the basics. Um, Duffy's leading off. Frank Schwindel is batting second. David Bodie is batting third. Patrick Wisdom's batting fourth. That makes sense. Um, Robinson Chirinos is hitting fifth. Janeshwi Fargus is in there somewhere. Ian Happ is in there somewhere. Sergio Alcantara is hitting eighth. And Albert Alcala is hitting ninth. This team is not going to win a lot of games the rest of this season. That lineup is not going to win a whole lot of games. It's just not. And if it does, somehow, perhaps, Adber Elsley goes out and pitches six and a third, three hit innings, fanning nine, giving up only one run. That would put the team right in line. With Jesus Lazardo, who I will probably more than one time refer to tonight during the game as Jesus Lizard. The Jesus Lizard, Jesus Lazardo. Sorry, as I mentioned on Twitter, if you want a cottage near me in hell... Let me know, and I'll do my best to save a cottage for you next to me. Because um, if I'm calling Jesus Lazardo the Jesus Lizard, I'm probably going to hell over it. So uh, perhaps the Cubs can beat the heck out of Jesus Lazardo. And if that happens, then people like Frank Schwindel, Janesh Weave, Vargas, Sergio Alcantara, and maybe even Ian Happ. Somebody's going to have a good game if the Cubs end up winning. And um, probably that would mean Edward Elzelay pitches fairly well. Maybe somebody out of the bullpen does a nice job. For the Cubs to win this game or any game, Realistically, somebody's going to have to do fairly well. You know, somebody, uh, Wisdom, pops a three-run homer. You know, that, that would certainly help along lines of the Cubs winning. And if they too, do, great, fantastic. But this podcast isn't about the Cubs lineup tonight, which, if you've seen it, you're probably like, Where, where's my drink? You know, I, I, I've worked all week, I look forward to the Cubs game on Friday night. 
I want to watch the Cubs game on Friday night. I see what the lineup is. Where's my bourbon? Where is my jug of whiskey? I need a half a fifth of vodka. I just, you know, Benny's really ought to sponsor the starting starting lineups. They really ought to. You know, Pat and Coombs, when they start introducing the starting lineup, well, it's brought to you by Benny's. You know, if, you, if you're going to listen to this game, if you're going to watch this game, you better be, <laughs> you better be at least two sheets to the wind of not three. Um, people are, I mentioned this in a tweet, people are banging on the Cubs right now for their 20, for what they did in 21. People are banging on the Cubs like they are a mannequin at a CPR conference. Just absolutely bam, 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 bam. That's exactly what people are doing to the Cubs. And they deserve it. The Cubs absolutely deserve to be mocked and criticized and all that kind of stuff for what they've done because what they are doing is completely non-competitive. They are taking non-competitive to a new level. You know this. I know this. We all know this. It's not news. They are getting hammered and they deserve it. Full break. Another pause. Now, let's move forward to 2026. 2026, there's a whole new collective bargaining agreement, whole new everything. Heck, maybe even, maybe even minor league players aren't sleeping six to a cot, six to a hotel room because they're not getting paid and hotel prices, hotel room prices are a whole lot more expensive than they used to be pre-COVID. Oh, we're going to play players, pay players more in the minor leagues. Well, it's not going to be enough to pay for a hotel room. It's not going to be enough to, you know, have a rental room for five months. It's just not. So we've moved ourselves forward to 2026. And teams are looking to the past. Teams are looking. I have my hands over my eyes. They are looking to the past. Right now, teams are looking to the past and doing a whole bunch of exactly what the 2012 and 2013 Cubs and Astros were doing, and the Cubs were modeling what the Astros did in 2011. It was horrible. It was despicable. It was terrible. It was anti-competitive. And now it's de rigueur. Teams realize if we're not going to be good, Let's be horse crap. It's what they do now. If we're not going to be good, let's be horse crap. Let's trade our talent. Keep a couple of guys for, you know, getting the fans to come out and, you know, be be a terrible team and try to win about 40% of our games. That's what teams are doing now. That's what the Cubs and the Astros were doing back in 2011, 2012, 2013. That is exactly what the Astros and the Cubs were doing. And teams are modeling that. Right now, what the Cubs did, they took it a step further. 
they really took it a step further. The Cubs had a perfectly good team. The Cubs were a 500 team. Probably at worst. The Cubs were a 500 team at worst, but they got to a point where the where the executives, the manager, the owners, and most of all the players realized, you know what? This is bull. This is good. I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not going to endanger myself for this team. This team isn't that good. The owner doesn't care. The general manager doesn't care. They've mailed it in. And the players just start to go through the motions. No surprise. Have you have you ever worked in a department? Have you ever worked in a department, where, wherever it is in your life, have you ever worked in a department where it seemed like, at least to you, whether it seemed like that to anyone else or not, it seemed to you like the department standards were based more on how can we make sure the kind of really middling employees don't quit Instead of let's make life and employment meaningful and inspiring and helpful for the people who really bust their chops. Have you ever been in a situation like that at a job? Oh my gosh, it is disheartening. There is no reason to show up except you're getting paid. There's no reason to show up except because you're getting paid. That's exactly what it is. Jed Hoyer is getting pounded for trading. Craig Kimbrell, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Andrew Chafin, Ryan Tapera. Just for fun, let's trade um, Trevor Williams and Jack Peterson. Throw in uh, hmm, Jake Marisnik. Yeah, let, let, all the guys, just trade them. Then within 10 or 12 days, say, hmm, let's put Wilson Contreras on the injured list. You have no squad. You have players, but this team should not be competitive. You know, ask yourself. Ask yourself, look at this lineup, look at the bullpen, look at the other available starting pitchers, look at the bench, look, look at the everything. What? percentage of the rest of the season what percentage of the games is this team going to win they're not going to win 70 percent of the games they're not going to win 60 they're not going to win half their games they'll be lucky to win 40 percent very lucky to win 40 percent they might be you know 36 32 28 who knows this lineup is not going to win a lot of games. This lineup is not going to win a whole lot of games. And I don't remember a team getting dismantled like this. That's the the best word I can use. This team was dismantled. Everything that anybody could possibly want from this team 
was traded, except for Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, they hung on to Rafael Ortega, and they hung on to Patrick Wisdom. Still wonder what the best offer was for Rafael Ortega before the deadline. That would have been interesting to see. Somebody should have wanted him. But then again, he's league minimum, so they might as well hang on to him. But this team was absolutely dismantled. And in 2026, executives are going to put their hands over their eyes, put their stylish sunglasses on, and look back. What did Jed Hoyer do in 2026, uh, in 2021, and why did he do it? That is going to be part of the model in 2026. If you're not going to compete, give up. If you're not going to compete, trade away everything you got and call up guys from AAA. Ryan Meisinger, come on down. Give him a couple of looks. If it does, I, uh, I haven't seen any roster moves for today, but I wouldn't be surprised at some point if you get the shuffle guys back and forth, send back um, Ryan Meisinger at some point and reactivate Dylan Maples or send down Meisinger and who, who let me see. I think I have a list somewhere. Of Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's the list. Um, Keegan Thompson will get called up at some point. Trevor McGill will get called back up at some point. Dylan Maples will get called back up at some point. Tommy Nance, maybe. Is, is he up and good to go? Or is he on the injured list? In, he might be on the injured list in Iowa. Uh, Corey Abbott will almost certainly get called up soon. That's what it's going to be. Call up, guys. And you're going to send somebody down. You know, maybe... Um, and at some point, if Abrazalei gets shut down, put on the 60-day disabled list, hey, Tony Singrani, come on down. Adrian Sampson, we need a starting pitcher. Get your butt up here. That's what it's going to be. And teams are going to look at that. And there have been some bad teams. There have been some bad teams recently. Like Cincinnati had had some bad teams. But Cincinnati at least had the decency to hang on to Joey Votto. Cubs traded everybody. And their team is absolutely terrible right now. And league executives are taking notes. Hey, did you see what the Cubs did? Yeah, they're horrible right now. We're going to have to do that in four or five years. It's on the board now. You know, you know how there's that term uh, saying the quiet things out loud. Yeah, yeah. Don't say the quiet things out loud. Like the uh, executive for uh, what was it Math? Was it Mather? For the Mariners was talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing the uh, uh, wage suppression thing, keeping guys in the minors because we don't want to pay them. You know, do the Chris Bryant thing with Jordan Kelnick and all that stuff. Said it at a Rotary meeting, saying the quiet things out loud. Jed Hoyer is doing the quiet things out loud now. Yeah, we're just going to trade everybody. Get rid of everybody. Rafael Ortega, you're batting first against right-handed pitching, period. it, it it's, it's what Jed Hoyer did now. And in four or five years, if teams aren't doing exactly the same thing, in exactly the same circumstance, I'll be stunned.
Because, yeah, the owners want people to show up for games. They really do want people to show up for games. But realistically, realistically, a lot of baseball tickets, most baseball tickets are almost certainly bought well in advance, especially at Wrigley. If you want your tickets for a 2021 Cubs game, you got to buy them in January or February or March. Maybe you might be able to still get an August ticket in April or May. But to get a good ticket, to get the ticket where you want it, to be in the area you want, to be in the section you want, you got to buy your ticket early. And if all the talent gets traded away right before the deadline, you've got a ticket for Cubs game August 20th? Sorry, Hoss. Talent's gone. Talent's traded. This will be de rigueur for league executives in four or five years. Now look back. Hey, remember that thing that Jed Hoyer did back in 2021? Everybody said, geez, that's horrible. How dare you do that? Yeah, let's do that. I've said it before. There are three, three huge advantages for doing what Jed Hoyer did. One, he's going to get a really good draft pick in 2022. Every round, every round. First round, second round, third round, all, all the rounds. Normally, people like to talk about first round, second round. Fine, great, cool, fine, no problem, whatever, exactly. But every round, Cubs are going to have an early selection. Fifth pick, sixth pick, seventh pick, whichever. It's going to be an early pick. Secondly, since it's an early pick in every round, the Cubs are going to have a whole bunch of money that they can spend on their draft picks. This cycle... They spent a whole bunch of money on their first, second, and third picks and didn't get either of their 11th or 12th picks signed. Now, whether more money would have been able to have prevented that, perhaps James Triantos would have commanded even more, who knows, whatever. But if the Cubs continue to plunge, they will have earlier picks, more money to spend, and the third, of course, they already loaded up on prospects. They absolutely loaded up on the prospects. If you ask a whole bunch of Met fans, would you rather have six, seven, eight, nine years of Pete Crow Armstrong or two more months of Javier Baez? There's a whole lot of very educated Met fans who would say, Really? We got. This for Pete Crow Armstrong? This? This? And there's nothing they can do now. It's over. It's done. Now, what the Cubs have done is absolutely horrible for fans, and there's no arguing that. None. If you consider yourself a fan and going to the game and watching the team win and uh, having a competitive game to watch... For most people, that's what it's about. That's not going to happen much. You know, the, the players will try. Rafael Ortega is not going to mail it in. Patrick Wisdom will give it his best effort. Janeshwi Fargus had better never dog it down the line. Because he's going to be the kind of guy that 
people are going to criticize if that ever happens. But this plan, and it was a plan. It was a plan. Jed Hoyer did not wake up on the 30th of July thinking, hmm, how did these trades that have been assigned to the Cubs happen? How how did... I, I didn't make any phone calls. I didn't do any planning. I didn't... Of course he knew exactly what was going on. Exactly what was going on. And he traded players knowing he was going to have very little to replace them with. Got a couple of guys. Madrigal, Nick Madrigal. He's not going to play this year. Um, Alexander Vizcaino, he's not going to pitch this year. Anderson Espinosa, he's not going to play this year. Um, Alexander Canario, he's not going to play this year. Four guys, add to the 40-man roster, they're not going to play this year. Jed Hoyer, oh, gee, I am deeply shocked, uh, surprised and apologetic to all the fans. He didn't care. He didn't care. He's playing the long game. He's playing the long game. And I don't remember anybody else playing the long game that aggressively ever. Maybe it's happened. Oh, you, the, don't you remember the 1970? Okay, okay, maybe there was another team. I don't remember a team saying, yeah, we have, we have a 500 team. We don't want to have a 500 team. We want to have a team that's going to win 23% of our games the rest of the way. That is the goal. Don't remember that before. I just don't remember that before. Now, maybe there have been teams that were, oh, I don't know, 42% squads. You know, really not very good. You know, sitting right about now where, uh, I don't know, Marlins are, maybe the uh, Royals or the Twins. It's like, okay, uh, yeah, Twins. They, They unloaded Nelson Cruz. They unloaded a couple other guys, I think. But they kept a lot of guys. The Cubs, with the exception of Hendricks and Contreras, traded all the experienced players. David Ross goes out to the pen to grab the ball from his starting pitcher. Whatever the reason. Maybe he doesn't have it. Maybe it's his pitch count limit. Maybe it's uh, matchup purpose. He's already faced this guy three times, and it's a guy that hits from the other side of the plate, and da-da-da-da, whatever. David Ross goes to the bullpen. That bullpen is not Major League reliable. They might get out. They might get a save. They might get a victory. They might hold a lead. But this team, the offense, not reliable. The bullpen, not reliable. The starting pitching might be the best part of this team. <laughs> they just DFA'd. Or they, they just released Jake Arietta. Still have Zach Davies. <sighs> and executives are watching. Executives are watching and executives know if something gives their team an edge. Their team, not their fans. <laughs> Nope, 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 nope. Fans, 
Uh, on the importance meter of, you know, 1 to 10, fans are down around 7 or 8. They, uh, sorry, don't matter. The executives want prospects. The executives want long-term team control. And the owners are prodding them along. Yup, that thing that Jed Hoyer did, that stupid thing that everybody criticized him for, Remember back in 2012, 2013, how fans were saying, it's absolutely horrible that teams are tanking. Why are these teams tanking like this? You know what's happening now? Teams are tanking all the time. They're tanking as of March. You know, it's it's one thing to, hey, we thought our team was going to be good. It wasn't. You know, kind of kind of like the Twins. Twins thought they were going to have a good team. They didn't. It fell apart. And not only were they not as good as the White Sox, they were not as good as Cleveland. They weren't even as good as Detroit. Kansas City, they're, they're down there fighting with uh, Kansas City for last place. It's like, hey, we thought we were going to have a good team. We didn't. We're going to trade our guys. We're going to trade our guys. You know, no. It's what's done. In a couple of years, what Jed Hoyer did now, which is absolutely horrible. It's going to be taught in baseball back rooms. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do the thing Jed Hoyer did in 2021. Just do that. Trade all the guys. Trade all the guys and get prospects. Maybe they'll work, maybe they won't. Our team will be terrible, but we don't really care. Most of the tickets are sold anyway. We weren't going to be getting a whole lot of walk-up on a September game when we're playing like 37% ball anyway. So let's just trade all the players. Trade all the players and turn August and September into a whole bunch of lineups that look like they're split squads in Arizona or Florida. Basically, you look at this lineup. Doesn't it look like a split squad game? You know, Ed, Ed, Ed Burrell's always starting, and it's like Schwindel at first, batting second. Really? Bodie hitting third? Hap hitting sixth against a lefty? Crime and he's sakes alive. But it's going to happen more often. Teams are going to look to the Cubs. What the Cubs did doesn't mean it'll work every time. Doesn't mean it'll work with the Cubs. But teams are going to look back to what Jed Hoyer did. Say, you know what? That thing that Jed Hoyer did, that's really pretty smart. That was a brilliant idea. To completely pants the fans. See, here's our roster. Here's our roster. We're going to be good. We're going to be good. We're going to win the division. We're going to compete. We're going to... Uh, we traded all those guys. Oh, you have tickets for the game on September 3rd? Sorry. These are the guys you get now. Absolutely horrible for fans. And it's exactly what executives want to see. Not only is your team horrible, not only... Are you going to get better draft picks next round, next season? Not only are you going to get more money to spend, but you're not paying much for players. And next year, you might not play much for players either. And 
And in 2022, there might be a strike or lockout. If there's going to be a strike or lockout, why do you want to have a whole bunch of money invested in talent anyway? After the strike or the lockout, are owners going to want to spend? I, I, I still laugh at these people who say, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nick Castellanos, five days after the World Series, is going to say, uh, I, uh, I'm a free agent. Why? Why? He's guaranteed like $68 million the next four years. I'm going to be a free agent. No, you're not. You're going to sit back. You're going to take the money. You're going to go to Great American, really small baseball park, and you know, a whole bunch of bombs. Your team's going to be in third place because your organization is kind of middling. And your salary spike is killing them because they don't want to spend any more money than they're selling tickets. Owners are looking at what happens. And if something happens, they're going to steal it. They're going to steal it. And the re- Are you a football fan? Are you a football, NFL football fan? NFL football fan. Specifically NFL. Not, not uh, college not um, semi-pro, not indoor league football, arena football, uh, you know, NFL football. I don't know how far back you go, but if you were to watch, and there are games available, there are games available, watch on YouTube. An NFL game, I'll say from 19, 19- 1975-ish doesn't have to start there. You know, if you, oh, I don't want to watch 75, I won't watch 74. Then watch 74. It's about 1982. 75 to 82. Somewhere in that range. Watch an NFL game. Doesn't have to be today. Because, you know, that, that cut off you watching uh, uh, following the South Bend game or the iCubs game. Wouldn't want you to do that. You know, you can wait until winter. You can wait until football season gets going. Watch a game from 1975-ish to 1982. The game was entirely different then. Entirely different. Um, first off, defensive players generally played most of the game. Sometimes you'd have a guy who would, you know, you you teams might bring in a fifth defensive back, if it was third and ten, and take out a linebacker, they might do that back in the 70s or the early 80s. But now teams have specialists for everything. Oh, this is a first down, first down um, nose tackle. He'll play nose tackle first down, maybe second down. But regardless what the situation, he will be out for third down. He's really good for short spurts. But um, nowadays, well, back then, the quarterback would take the snap, not a shotgun most of the time. It would be a snap. Take the snap, drop seven or eight steps. You know, look, and it, it, the plays were, there were nine plays. There were nine plays. There weren't um, there weren't scat back quarterbacks. There just weren't. You weren't having a situation where the quarterback would do a dive read or anything. You know, check the linebackers and then either give the ball to the fullback or if the then then roll out and then you get the. 
That didn't happen. Teams didn't want to change. They wanted to do what they were familiar with from back before. Then, when players came along and started to change the game, specifically, very quick, African-American quarterbacks, executives, oh, crap, we can't stop this play. There is nothing we can do to stop this play. We have to change. And since we're changing, we might as well go out and get one of those type of players ourselves. Then all of a sudden, there was no qualms with, can't have a black quarterback in our league because, you know, what would our um, white season ticket holders do? They'd have an uprising because they want to have a quarterback that looks like they do. And all of a sudden, people realize, oh, it's kind of a good good thing to have a quarterback who's really mobile. And all of a sudden, people start doing it. If something works in sports, teams will do it. Teams copy. The Golden State Warriors, as soon as Steph Curry started chucking the ball from 28, then he had Clay Thompson in the one corner. Chucking it from 24. Teams all of a sudden had to go out and cover go, cover those guys. Then when teams realized, if you have to cover the shooting guard out to 24, 25 feet, you can't double down. Then all of a sudden, the guy who can shoot from 25 feet becomes incredibly valuable. The guy who only shoots from 19 feet had better learn to shoot from 22. Otherwise, he's out of a job. So now all of a sudden, the NBA is a completely different game than it used to be. You might like it better this way. You might not like it better this way. Either way, fine, whichever. The important thing is, once teams realize something works, they steal. They absolutely steal. Hey, that is a good strategy. I'm going to do that because that will help us win. In baseball, baseball rewards teams that are horrible. They reward teams that are horrible, and teams have realized that. So they've decided if they're mediocre, there's no point in mediocre, so you might as well be terrible. Unless you're the St. Louis Cardinals, in which mediocre is just fine. So the Cubs, let's put out a team that might win 27% of our games the rest of the year. 27, fair. Hit me on Twitter. 27% from here to the end of the season. Does that sound fair for this Cubs roster? Am I being too uh, optimistic, too pessimistic? 27%. Am I being too optimistic? Am I being too pessimistic? Or am I really kind of close? 27% wins here to the end of the season. You tell me. Executives are going to look back at Jed Hoyer's decisions this year and steal. Because as horrible as this is for the fans, it's exactly what teams are going to want to do in five or six years if they're terrible. Thanks for stopping by. Be safe, be nice to others, and pick a minor league game. 27%. Am I am I, am I close? Am I close? Cubs fan, not Cubs fan. It doesn't really matter. You know, I, I know that there's some of you who 
listen to stuff that Mets fans, Yankees fans, Giants fans, you know, whatever, whatever. This Cubs roster, 27% from now Friday, start of the Marlins series, now to the end of the year, 27% am I too high, too low, or pretty close. 